0: Throughout my adult life, my focus has been on making the world a more beautiful place. Initially, I pursued this goal as a hairstylist, working on the external appearance of individuals to make them feel more beautiful. However, I wanted more, so I began to shift my focus to helping people make better choices and achieve greater beauty from within. As a transformational life coach, I specialize in helping you identify and change the limiting beliefs that may be holding you back. Join me each week as we discuss, interview, teach, and explore the fundamental principles of healthy relationships. Welcome to Conscious Conversations with Louisa. In today's episode of Conscious Conversations with Louisa, I'm speaking with Casey Berman.
1: I always joke. I was, I am, but I was a Jewish kid who didn't like blood. So I didn't go to medical school. I went to law school. And Louise, I probably said that before I say it all the time, but besides just getting a cheap laugh, it, it really is true. It, it goes to kind of, sort of the misalignment I had at age, you know, 16, 18, 22, ultimately when I went to law school and people in high school or college uh, just go be a lawyer and go, you know, you can do anything with a law degree. And I went through law school, graduated, passed the bar, and then uh, went to work. And I had the job that every lawyer wanted. I was in-house counsel for a tech company in San Francisco. Think of dot-com. I'm 48, so 2000, a million years ago. But think of the first dot-com phase and dogs in the office and gummy bears in the kitchen and all that sort of stuff. And I had it, and I didn't want to sound too much like a diva or anything, but I just I didn't like it. It was too reactive. I was putting out fires. It was really stressful and anxiety-producing, and so for me, I had to, to find another way, which I did. So I practiced in for about five years, software licensing, and then I left in 05 and have and have tried a number of things. I'm definitely the epitome of all who wander are not lost, and one of those was I just started writing in 2009, 2010 about my experience in leaving the law and moving on to something else, and. Then put it online and leavelawbehind.com. law com. My wife thought of the the URL and got some media attention, and it took off. And we've created a a full online course, and we have one to one coaching, and we've helped I don't know hundreds of attorneys to leave a law for sales jobs, operations, marketing, chief growth officer, head of revenue and marketing operations, recruiting, you name it. Not just like go be a judge or go be a, a teacher. I mean real non-law jobs that pay them well, that their skills and strengths are fit for. So I'll stop there, but that's a little bit about my background, how I left and and how we started to leave law behind.
0: I absolutely love that because I personally think, yes, there's a few attorneys in here, but for anyone who's not an attorney and they find themselves unhappy, how would they look at what skill sets they have and how to, where they could use those and how to identify the next step?
1: Sure. And we've had a lot of people come to us and say, well, you, can you do for me what you do for attorneys? And so my business partner, Adam Olette, who practiced for 20 years in Florida, and he and his wife live on, uh, in Asheville, North Carolina on a farm. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm in San Francisco, and he's, uh, he's on the East Coast. But, and so they've come to us to help non-lawyers do the same thing. We're thinking of like, leave it all behind or leave your career behind. We're not sure yet, but it's, it's pretty straightforward. And so if you're unhappy, I would first, I'll take you through the steps and jump in with any questions, but I would first assess the unhappy, right? What is it really? Is it just a bad week? Is it a bad day? Did someone tick you off? Is your ego in the way? Did you, you think you should have gotten the promotion or more money or something? You know, we just have bad days. I don't change your career just because something went off on a, on a Tuesday. Yeah. Hand up there, Brian jumped in.
2: I didn't. I didn't think you were gonna sure, call I'll me. By the way, okay. Yeah, I. I will say that. That. Well, I am happy at my day job now, but uh, I wasn't always. And. Yeah, I, I agree with that point that you made. That uh, just because you had one bad day. Doesn't mean that you should change, jobs, and. Uh, I used to be like very, very uptight about wanting something else. I've, I've been at my day job for over 13 years, but yeah, that, that was, that, that was the big thing right now. I guess my, my question is do you help people or lawyers or non-lawyers? Do you guys help people become business owners? or people who work freelance that sort of thing cuz that's uh, a great
1: that the, it's a great question yeah. yeah and and so we help people with the career coaching we also help people kind of become their own boss and uh, so we we do that as well and they're all they all kind of stem from the same source like the snowpack on top of the mountain right that source all the rivers flow from it but they kind of go into different ways or different eddies so I'll I'll get into it but but yeah you're right I'm happy you were able to really analyze that and and see where your unhappiness is coming from. so that's really the first step is am I just am I just being a schmuck? am I just angry at someone am I just you know what's my deal now if you're really unhappy at work what that really means is that there's a misalignment you don't care. most often with lawyers and with a lot of people who are unhappy in their job there's there's not an alignment between their skills and strengths, what they're good at and what they're what the job description calls for. I mean, that's really why a lot of us are, are unhappy. We go into jobs for money, security, stability, because it look cool on TV, because to please mom and dad, I mean, whatever it is that's driving us. But the reason you're unhappy 5, 10, 12, 15 years in is because your skills and strengths aren't a fit. I mean, I'm a San Francisco sports fan, you know, Steph Curry, You know everyone knows Steph Curry, the basketball player. But I mean, imagine if he said, you know what? I'm great, but my, my uncle or my, my godfather who I grew up with was an accountant. You know, I want to make him proud. I'm going to go and become a CPA. Like that's, that's nice. But like, really, like you, you pass the ball, like, you know how to shoot. You're going to revolutionize basketball and you want to become an accountant to make your godfather proud. Like even he would say, don't do it. Right. But a lot of us run through this. I'm going to become a lawyer, I'm going to become an engineer, I'm going to go into marketing, I'm going to go into whatever it is because of other people's, we think other people's needs and beliefs. We would think it's crazy if Steph Curry went to go become a CPA, but we do it all the time. So the first thing is that unhappiness and a lot of it comes from a misalignment. Now it could be a misalignment usually with your skills and strengths. It could be a misalignment with the meaning and purpose with the company. You know, I don't think you want to go work for a tobacco company or firearms company, but who knows? But even if you're working for a company, you just don't really care about financial services and you want to go work for, for something else, or you don't want to do financial services for the wealthy. You want to go to like a company like Kiva, K I V A, and help women in developing countries start their business, right? Like there's that meaning element, but whatever it is, there's a misalignment. All right. If you truly are unhappy and you're feeling it, well, there's a better way. Like our vision at Leave Law Behind is helping attorneys see that there, there is a better way. And so what you then do is an analysis of your skills and strengths. And there's four things that I want to really show at, show you that you can look at. The, the first one is the most important. This is what we call your unique genius. And this is your skills and strengths. What's Steph Curry good at? You know, Steph Curry's good at passing the ball. He's quick. He's built up some bulk on him because he's so conditioned and so on. Steph Curry is not a rebounder. He's not a seven footer getting rebounds, even though he does get some, but he's out there shooting the ball. He's out there as a point guard. There's a reason because his body, his mind, his game is, is that way. So it's the same thing. Like, what are your skills and strengths? That's the first thing. So what does that really mean? you're a talker, you, you light up a room, you're empathetic, you're a storyteller, you connect the dots, you have great presence. Maybe you're a behind-the-scenes person. Maybe you're operations, you're the connective tissue in an organization. You're a bridge builder, you're a translator, you're able to understand people. Or maybe you don't want to be in front of people at all, and you just want to be that quiet expert behind the scenes that does the research. Who knows? right? But understanding that, that scouting report, if you're an athlete or that casting report, if you're an actor or an actress, right? Understanding that, that's the snowpack on top of the mountain. What are you really? Then what you do, and this is what we help people do through our coaching, you then find the non-law job, the the jobs, whether they're non-law or whether if you're not a lawyer in other industries that are a fit for you. So for example, there was an attorney, Gabe, who's was just, he's in construction litigation. I mean, just hating it. Like literally asbestos litigation, you know? People are suing because there was asbestos. I mean, just horrible on all sides. No one's happy about it. And we were doing his work on just this as unique genius. And we started talking about, he did fantasy football in college and he loves process and he loves the steps and he loves geeking out on a Gantt chart. And well, this, then this, and if this contingencies and so on. Long story short, he's now head of revenue and marketing operations for a cloud-based tech company in San Francisco. What is revenue and marketing operations? They're the folks behind the scenes who pull the levers to make sure that a sales team or a marketing team are running smoothly. That because they want they need to be on the phone all day. A marketing person or a salesperson doesn't need to be working if the doesn't need to worry if the invoice generator is not working. Right? They just want to press it and it goes. He's the one behind the scenes making sure the sales team and the marketing team are running smoothly. That's a real job. It's a very important job. So we looked at what his skills and strengths were and found that job that was a fit. And he was able to say how his skills are transferable. So are you really unhappy? Then the step is, what am I really good at? Skills and strengths. And then I'll just talk about the next three real quickly. And then we get into questions. The second one is lifestyle. Does this job afford me the lifestyle I want? Can I wear jeans in the office, hybrid, remote? Is it the type of people I want to be with? The next one is purpose and meaning. Does Do I have purpose? Do I have meaning? Do I feel engaged? So for an example, one woman, there was suicide in her family, and she wasn't depressed, but she had had it in family members, and she left family law to go into a work in employee relations for a nonprofit that dealt with mental health really close to her heart, right? And then the fourth one is subject matter expertise. So imagine a tax attorney leaving tax law and going to work in another role at a fintech that wants to overhaul tax preparation, for example, right? That'd be the subject matter expertise. So what you're really good at, your unique genius, what type of lifestyle you want, uh, what what meaning you have in the company. And then also the fourth one is any subject matter expertise. Two, three, and four are, are, are important. But number one, you could be working at a company that you love, but if day-to-day you're working in a job that you hate, you're still going to be unhappy. So I'll pause there. But if I had to, this is how we coach people on these steps to really help them understand why they're unhappy, what they're really good at. And then what we do is we have hundreds of, of jobs out there that we then help them match the jobs to their unique genius. We essentially flip the whole dynamic on its on its side. Instead of kind of going, please, job, take me, we literally say, this is what I'm good at. Which jobs out there, life is a box of chocolates, which jobs out there are a fit for my skills and strengths? Because when you really think what a job posting is, it's a call for help. It's a gap. It's a pain. And we need some help to fill it. So Louisa, I talked a lot. I'll stop there. Hopefully that was helpful. Let me know if anything's unclear or if you have any questions. It is so
0: great. It really is so great. And I could see the exact why those pieces fit perfectly and why we need to look at them. One of the things with everybody going, Oh my God, I'm going to switch my job. It's COVID and it's a new opportunity. And I want to do something new. And everybody's talking about raise your prices, raise your prices. How do you raise your prices when you're not an expert yet? And you're not really feeling that qualified yet to Mm -hmm. do the, what everyone's telling you to do. And I see a lot of people really losing hope and getting discouraged because where they want to be and where they're at are not aligning.
1: So now we're talking about starting a business and raising your prices. Yes. Okay. Now I can take the same steps that we just talked about if we want to for an entrepreneur. So we can, we can, they're similar, but we can talk about that as well. Excellent. All right. So let's talk about pricing. I'll tell you my story about pricing. Yeah. David, question.
3: I'm going to let you finish this. And then when you're done with this, okay. I'll come back to my question.
1: Cool. So don't forget it. So Adam, Adam will <laughs> let came out to my business partner. He came out to San Francisco, I think in 2016. And I had said, look, I'm doing this one-to-one. He found me online. He called me at the end of 2015. And he said, Hey Casey, this is Adam. I'm going to be your new business partner. I remember literally going, who, who are you? Like, what are you talking about? Right. But he's my brother from another mother. He's such a phenomenal person. He should come talk to you as well. But I we, I'll never forget, we were shooting the first videos. So we've got an online course, it's five modules, it's like 80 hours of video and steps. It's all self-paced. And then what we do is we layer on for people, one-to-one coaching. So it's very accountable. It's the belts and suspenders that old my grandfather is saying, right? So it shows you how old I am. But you literally, you can go at your own pace. And then also Adam and I are there to push you, be accountable, be a shoulder to cry on and get you out of the law. We, you need both. So I was doing the one-on-one coaching. How scalable is that? Right. And he said, come do a course. Let's do it together. Build I said, course. What's a course. And so we did the first, we did the first videos. I was like, total camera shy, deer in headlights. Hi, my name is Casey. I run, leave, you know, I mean, it was just, it was so bad, but well, you got to start somewhere. So he said, all right, we got it done. We're going to edit it. We're going to put the course into this, into this online course system. How much Casey do you want to charge? was about 10 hours worth. I mean, it was detailed. It was, I put a lot of effort into it. It was everything I did with my coaching. And even in 2015, I'd helped maybe 15, 20 people leave the law already. And I said, $199. And he, I mean, he said he gritted his teeth and he wanted to smack me. He's like an older brother to me now, but he's like, are you kidding me? So for a long time, I didn't, I didn't even understand the value of it. I didn't think it was worth that much. I was doing it to do it because entrepreneurism was fun. Uh, Silicon Valley, you're supposed to do it. I was doing it for sort of the end game to ring the bell. Hey, I'm an entrepreneur. I wasn't doing it for the actuality of it in the trenches, the work. We are now charged $6,000. we went from $199, $799, $999, $1,200, $1,500, $2,000, $5,000, $6,000, Okay. And we're going to charge, we're going to move to 7,500. We may go to 10,000 and, and it takes time. It just, so it takes some time. So, to, so that's me to answer your question. How do you deal with pricing? How do you raise your pricing? The first thing I would say is just like the unhappiness at a job, focus at whether look internal because that's where it all starts. Look internal and just observe. You don't have to change it yet. Just observe If you think it's not worth it, doesn't mean it's not worth it because it is worth it. But just observe if you think it's not worth it. So I'm creating, I'm not sure what everyone's creating, whether it's an online course, whether it's a coaching business, a digital product, whatever hybrid, whatever it is you're creating, but just sit and be honest with yourself and say, oh God, that Casey guy, God, you you know, like he's right. I don't think this is worth it. And that's okay. Doesn't mean you're a failure. Doesn't mean law of attraction. You're going to get everything bad. It doesn't mean any of that, right? It just means observe the thought. Because remember, you're not your thoughts. That's what the Buddha told us. You're not your thoughts. Okay. And I'm a Jewish guy. I'm going to quote Jesus. You know, the kingdom of heaven is within what he's saying is that your thoughts are literally external of your mind. If you come into the mind, which is the decision maker, you're just the observer. Every new Jesus, Buddha, Deepak Chopra, Oprah, Michael Singer, they all say the same thing. So just observe it. Nothing's going to happen. And it's okay. Then you can kind of observe it and say, why? Why do I think my online course is not worth
2: $500?
1: Well, who am I? I don't have a degree. Okay, now let's put a microscope. I don't have a, a graduate degree. I don't have a coaching certification.
2: No one's bought
1: it yet. I grew up where money was a bad thing. My dad would always, and mom would always say, how the rich, are evil. Look at the rich people in the news nowadays. It's always bad stuff and graft and corruption. and there are no good rich people. I don't want to be rich, right? I, who knows what your thoughts are? This we have a whole module, module three, on money, because my issue I had issues with money. And so, so when it comes to pricing, then, that was my story, giving you an idea of where I came from. And then the first thing to do with pricing, is to really look within and see how worthy you think you are. You, as well as the business, are of that price. Then what you look at, then you get into the tactics. Like, how many modules is it? Do we provide personal coaching? So, you know, I mean, if you had a course that's three modules long helping with Excel, $199. Is it lifetime access? Is it one year? Is it subscription? If you've got an eight-module course with one-to-one coaching that's helping them you know, get a job or get a get a relationship or help with depression, $3,000. Right. Right. So, I mean, just then it's just pulling levers on it. But before you kind of get to the horse trading tactics of like what it is, because let's be honest, helping someone overcome depression is probably worth more than helping them learn pivot tables in Excel. It's okay. It's no knock on pivot tables. It's just what it is. But before you do that, feel like whether you're worthy because i can tell you i just recently felt really worthy of the price that we're that we're at so i'll pause there hopefully that answers the question about pricing
0: it really does i so appreciate it thank you
3: david David. all right hi and thank you casey and by the way i have a san francisco background too and i'm jewish so we have something in common but your name was Reedberg before they lopped it off. It was well, like Well, no, my da- my dad changed his last name from Goldberg to Reed. There you go. That's how not, it happens. And, I, and I'm not I'm not sad that he did it. Like, I like <laughs> So but my, you know, I have a couple questions. Really one, but I'll break it down. I'm a lawyer and my legal career has been kind of been very interesting. It's it's taken some different gone in different places over the years and I will say for the last 15 plus years I've been w- in one area of law that I've just never liked it I'll be quite honest with you it's soul sucking on many days and I have to look at my day and go is this a, a bad day or is this a bad month or is this just the way this career is going right you know or where this area of law is and you're not meant to be happy in any given moment but I don't look at it you know negatively there's great experiences and I and I keep that open mind of happiness and gratitude for what I've been, what I've done and what I've accomplished and I was at a partner at a very large firm Firm, and now I'm a partner in a very, very tiny firm. But the basic question is, going back to your four points, the last one was the area of expertise. Okay, you know, I've thought about getting out of what I'm doing at different times and going into other areas of law or going into something else. But the area of the what do you tell somebody who's in a very specialized area of law? You know what I mean? Which makes What's that your- I do work. I do. I, uh, my nine to five is workers' comp defense litigation, insurance defense. I work for insurance companies. Okay, mm-hmm. very specialized in the administrative law. Became very good at it, and then, but I also do other things on the side to that fill me up with other things that I like doing that I am not an expert at, as mm-hmm. I am with workers' comp. Okay? So I do those things, and I always thought about transferring it into the into that area law, which I'll say is basically on the entertainment side but what would you tell somebody who really has a long career in one area and doesn't know if their skills in law are that transferable?
1: Okay. So great question, but let's, let's not, let's not muddy things up. And here's, here's what I'm saying. your skill. I'm going to tell you right now, your skills, David, as a, as a lawyer and everyone else's skills and whatever you do and jump in, if you'd like me to know are transferable. I'm just telling you that now, Lifestyle, meaning, and purpose. Subject matter expertise. So, your subject matter expertise is another thing. I'm going to tell you though, your skills. I think I've listed like over a hundred in our in our program. But as a lawyer and anyone else who's not a lawyer, you've got these skills or you've got other ones. But writing persuasively, listening extremely well, being the adult in the room, putting out fires, upselling, right, able to write clear emails, being the connective tissue of an organization, being the person who. Someone closes the door and says, Hey David, can we talk right now? Being a storyteller, connecting the dots. By the way, if you Google chief storyteller, that's a real job that pays a ton of money right now. Just so David, I'm gonna tell you these the skills you have as an attorney are transferable. Okay. Just all right, drop the mic, done. Okay. Well, whether you go, I mean, because it whether where you take them is we just want to see which skills you enjoy doing. What do you like doing? I mean, you may be really good at project management, running a trial, running a case, but you don't like it. Okay, so don't become a project manager. You'd rather be a storyteller. Let's go into strategy innovation and go work at a at IDEO or some small, or go work at a think tank. There's a, an attorney now, East Coast from the Midwest, very conservative. He's got kind of a liberal Jewish guy coaching this conservative you know, right winger. He and I have totally hit it off. We love each other. Probably don't agree on a thing, but he was totally skeptical, totally risk averse. And we've pulled out of him this storyteller kind of policy wonk ishness about him. And but he wants to work at a conservative place that it's got to be about, you know, conservative type of issues, a think tank or something. And he's just been doing informational interviews, has followed our process. And he texted me a few days ago. He's like, Berman, he says, I, you know, I, I'm, I just feel like this is some this is working. Someone literally is about to make an introduction for him. They have a storyteller, scholar, thought leader role. That's the name of the job mm-hmm. at a think tank policy type place that supports conservative issues. And he's like, oh, my God. So who he didn't even know that. Jo- I knew it existed. He had no idea that that job existed. So that is a fit. As far as your subject matter expertise, and in his case, you could kind of call the conservative issues the subject matter expertise, is kind of his passion. But David, I just Googled, I don't I don't need to share my screen, but if you go workers comp fintech, Pi PIE insurance is a new fintech company out there, and tech is kind of it's it's kind of like a tech label wrapper over kind of a, an insurance company, but Pi then pie is
3: a new insurance and workers comp carrier commercials all over the internet. Yeah, there you oh, go. Oh, it's not radio.
1: Right. There's another one, Kinetic, that wants to deploy wearables for workers' compensation insurance. InsurePay, there's AmFed. So you may be so sick of insurance, you don't want to be insurance. So maybe you don't take the subject matter expertise to insurance. Maybe you take your workers' comp work and go into helping workers, maybe go into employee relations and workers' comp. It's a bit of a stretch, but we'll make it you could go into hr culture people that's an area that you could go into or you go know what I, I I know enough about insurance I want to go in there okay let's go into a fintech that's trying to revolutionize workers comp let's go in and so you're not doing law anymore you're maybe you are doing sales maybe you literally are selling the new fintech's offering and you're like oh I can answer any workers comp question you got Maybe you're going to a think tank. Maybe you're writing policy about it. Maybe you're going to a big consulting firm in their strategy department because change management and ESG, environmental, social, and governments, or DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, is so big nowadays, as it should be, that workers' comp is an element of that. So, for example, does that make, let me pause there. Does that, that make sense? No, that all makes sense. So there's a woman in San Francisco, big law, and she practiced, she practiced insurance litigation and not workers' comp, but insurance litigation, was so sick of it. And I helped her. She actually went across the the aisle to the HR team at her law firm, big, big law 50, 100, huge law firm, and went there and said, look, I want to leave, you know, and she kind of was courageous in doing it. They loved her. She kept the same side. I think she's making even more money now. And they have for the big time lawyer partners who are making a lot of money, who work 90 hours a week. She didn't want that anymore. And hey, they want to keep working that long, but they need help in their personal taxes, personal insurance and something else. She's literally like an insurance concierge an advisor for these big law attorneys in her firm. And they respect her because she's an attorney. She knows insurance inside and out. And she's taken her insurance litigation. She's literally not fighting in the courtroom anymore, but rather is advising these very important lawyers who bring in a lot of money, but have no time to do their own insurance. She's advising them on the insurance for their personal needs and their trusts and everything. She knows insurance. And these attorneys, they don't know insurance. They're doing workers' comp. They're doing technology litigation. They're doing software licensing, right? They don't know insurance. So she's literally helping them. So that's an example where she took her subject matter expertise and literally went to human resources. So David, you could take that workers' comp or something within the halo of it, right? And then go somewhere somewhere. Another role where that's that's that that subject matter expertise, that juice, that knowledge that you have could be applied to sales or biz dev or partnership or even internal advisory like human resources. That does that make sense? It does. Thank you.
4: That
0: was so awesome. Thank you. Anyone else have a question for Casey? Corinne, yes, unmute yourself. I love it. No,
2: you're mute. I
5: I love when I forgot I muted it so. I, you know, I don't have a question. I'm, I'm very happy. I'm a hairstylist. I'm very happy with what I do now to, to make people feel better. And, you know, they go out like so many times someone sits in my chair, especially women, and I do their hair and they're like, oh, my God, now I need to do my makeup, you know, before they go out. So I love making feel people feel better. But, you know, since COVID, I've always been bad about raising prices. And I've recently been raising my prices and it's been making me feel a lot better because I was always afraid to. So I was worried, but all my clients have all been pretty much like, yeah, okay. So but that's think about thing. if they
1: weren't. Think about if they weren't. You just need less clients.
5: Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. It's like now all of a sudden I'm like, okay, you know, four clients, $10 more. That's $40 more a day just for those four people. So I'm working less, but making more. And it's making me feel a lot better and building my self-confidence, especially because I've been doing a lot of educational stuff like this to
1: better myself. And then maybe what you do is add value. I mean, one thing you could do, I don't know, but if you wanted to create a few videos, your own online course, you can text it now. It's so easy. Or maybe have a YouTube channel, but why don't you add more value through the 30 days between haircuts? And I got a Jufro. Oh, I go about 12 days. I actually have my own clippers. <laughs> so I literally just, I, you know, like I could do it like every seven days. But why don't you add value through that time? So it's not just cutting hair. I mean, I do strategy work for, for big companies and as well. And I was uh, talking with the head of security for a very a big box hardware company. Home improvement company. And he said, Casey, we don't sell hammers and use technology. We're a technology company that's now that sells hammers. We're not a hammer company that uses technology. Now, a lot of companies are saying that, right? I mean, but it, the whole idea is that technology is so ubiquitous that we're all technology companies and we just sell a certain service. We'll see. Some pay lip service to it. Some aren't able to execute on it. But his point was that this company, they use technology in such a great way. It helps employees. It helps customers and so on. So what if you are not a, a hairstylist who cuts people's hair, but rather you're a tech enabled, not to get too wonky, but like you're a technology firm that makes people look better and feel better? right? And we'll keep that between us. You don't need to put that on your business card. But well, what does that mean? What that means is technology literally is just another way of delivering information. Whether it's YouTube or social media or a text is just another channel. That's all it is. It's quick and sexy, but it's just another way. So for you to raise your rates, part of it is maybe you've been lower price and now you're bringing it back to where you should be. But part of it is we'll add more value. When we raised our rates to 5,000 and then the to 6,000, we put in place a whole one to one coaching program on top of the self paced. We had more systems. We had accountability. We did a lot of work that took it to that next level that we felt confident. Well, for you to add $10 more, to add $50 more, what if you had a tracker? It's so, I mean, you could subscribe for $40 a month to a software system that do it and I don't know what it is, but what if you had a tracker that took them through the monthly life cycle of their hair? Okay. It's been 11 days. It's probably getting brittle. I know Louisa, you did, you did hair. So you could jump in with more of the details here, but like, what if it, it's been 11 days since our cut? Have you been doing the conditioner I told you about? Have you been doing this? If not, right. I know you mentioned you got the wedding coming up. Have you been trimming? Have you been, whatever it is you do. Right. And then a reminder, Hey, it's been 28 days. I really recommend a new one by day 33. Oh, you got to, okay, you know, push. But like, what if you're adding value? Hey, here, just like recipes, here's a new hairstyle. Have you thought of a new this? Here was the new thing on Milan. And then, you know, that was on the runway. Do, what if you add value throughout the whole month? And then what if you do is you say, look, pay me $5,000 at the beginning of the year. Pay me $1,000. As many haircuts as you want included. And you just have a a yearly membership and they get cuts, they get value throughout the year. And what triggered that for me was like, all right, you want to charge 10 bucks more. That's great. First of all, I want you charging a hundred dollars more because 10 bucks is nice, but like, why not more? And then how do you add value? And maybe they just pay up front. I don't know what it is. How much do you charge a cut? Right now I'm
5: 60 for men and 90 for women.
1: And how often do women come once a month? Uh,
5: i in every two to three months, but my cream of the crop is I do a lot of men's haircuts. I, you know, I, because they're in more often, normally it's between two to five weeks is their average. Okay,
1: So 50 bucks, that's a hundred, that's $1,200 a year. If they do two haircuts a month, say a thousand, maybe they skip a little bit. What if you go look 700 bucks upfront, unlimited haircuts, hmm. right? And then added value throughout. I just, I just, I don't know what, with men, it may not be as much, but there's something with them that throughout the, that you help them maybe take the gray out, maybe help them style it themselves. I don't know. But anyway, you don't need to do that. I'm just saying it's cool to add $10 to make yourself feel better. But like if you added a hundred dollars, $500 and not only made yourself feel better, but added value throughout. Right. Because you're not, you don't cut people's, you don't give people a new haircut. You, you even said it, you help them feel better. Yes. You're a hairstylist who, who helps you. You use hairstyling to make people feel better. And when they feel better, the butterfly effect, whatever you want to say, they're adding value to the world. They're helping grandma across the street. They're giving money. I mean, if they feel better, they're going to donate. They're going to do something. Right. That's great. Thank you so much.
6: I appreciate sure. it. Philip. Thank you, Casey. Great question. You, all right. I really like everything that you're saying about, you know, upping your prices and all of that kind of stuff. I've had one of my really good mentors totally chew me out for the whole thing on, hey, Phil, you know, everybody, well, you know, everybody, blah, blah, blah. blah. And you make a lot of people a lot of money and you have never actually taken a cut out of any of that. So I have just started and trying like every time I'm making a connection to, all right, I'm going to hook this up with this up and I get 5% for the duration of how this goes. But I feel super awkward because I'm making a transition from, hey, this is Phil, everybody's friend that can connect you with somebody to this is Phil, everybody's friend that you should take care of. So if you have any advice on that, I would really appreciate that.
1: So let's put a spotlight on the awkwardness. Let's give it a name, right? Like Arnie Awkward, Arnold Awkward. We can't help but laugh if you give it a name, right? Like what's what's the awkwardness? Shine a light on it.
6: Maybe it's more of just the friendship pride part where it's like, oh, I'm here to help you out. And then now it's okay.
1: Is make it friendly
0: this my time. Phil? Is it friendly, Phil? Or like th- think of a name. What he's asking is name your awkwardness around. Right. Right, Casey. It's
1: yeah. Right. 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 Exactly. So let's pull out the awkwardness. So it's too friendly. Are Well, I guess, like, are you a people pleaser? Are you 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 like your network? What is where's the awkwardness coming from? I would people pleaser. Okay, so literally what you're saying then and we could go more in depth, but you're like people pleaser money. I'm going to prioritize people pleasing. And that's okay. Let's not have any judgment, but that's what you're doing. And this comes from someone who still people pleases. Like, I get it. So, but you are literally saying, I want to keep these relationships. And I feel my belief system is that going back to money, if I inject money into it, I'm going to lose the relationship or scar the relationship. And I don't want to because my self worth is built on having them. And I was thinking, you know, my, when I was growing up, I was a great kid. I was, you know, I played sports, I got good grades, I was popular. And I was always thinking though, like, what was my issue with like starting a business? You would think like confident, popular, he just would start. And I always had an issue with being an entrepreneur many years ago. And I don't know exactly what it was. Part of it was just money and so on. But part of it was my mother would always say, if someone, if I got into something with someone, even in grade school, well, they're just jealous. They're just jealous of me. And she meant well. But I think what I did is I internalized it saying, well, I don't want to lose them as a friend. So if they're jealous of me, but I beat them out, and hey, I didn't beat everyone out. I wasn't, you know, in that sense. But, you know, and if I get a better grade or, or I beat them out, they're not going to like me anymore. And even though I'm just being myself, so I ticked myself down a bit. I put on the humility card, me, in sixth grade, eighth grade, high school. And, oh, I'm not, oh, thank you, you know, the humility, humility. And that's good, don't get me wrong. I didn't want to be a total, you know, douchebag. But even though some people might, might, is this a family show? I don't know. But some people may think (laughs) But So I'm just saying to you, Phil, that there may be that element. There may be, you may want to go into, like, what caused the people pleasing. It could be that. It could be. You just, you feel insecure if you don't have friends. So that's part of it. Whatever the cause is, you want these relationships, which is fine because we're social people. So there's two things I would say. One is prioritize money, not in a bad way, but you literally need to pay your bills and you're providing a service, right? So prioritize it or equal just so that it's not out there. And then you just get, like we did with pricing, then you just get tactical. Like let's work on a email that you can write, work on a gentle way to do it. Okay. Or what you do is with this group of people you're doing, don't inject money in it. It's a hobby. You just help them. You're the connector. And then just find a new group of people that may there be there already. And that's where you make your money, right? Or a mix thereof. But There just may be some people that, you know what, you're just going to do your stuff for free because they go back in the day or they help you in other ways. Or, you know what, I just want to keep pleasing them. And that's just what it is. Forget what Casey says. Like, I'm just going to keep pleasing them. That's my vice. And that's fine. I do it too. But maybe find that group of people that you feel less emotionally attached to and you don't care if you burn it and start charging for that connecting there. Or find people in your current network and just do it gently and diplomatically. And say, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. We can suss it out. I'm starting a new business. Or, you know, I've been able to... Someone told me that my connections is really my net worth. I want to... You see where I'm going?
6: Oh, yeah. I totally follow it. And uh, I really like how you said pull from that new group, because that's exactly what I've started to do. And I'm feeling pretty comfortable doing that. And I started... It's working for me. But it's everything that's already in my current scope but that was in my current scope that I'm just kind of leaving. And then I'm bringing the value over and kind of bring it in. So I guess I am doing it the right way. That was really nice for you to say it that way. So thank you very much, Casey. And like you
1: can that. grandfather some in, like maybe in your current one, 40% of them are just, you just for free. And Hey man, that's just what it is. And I'll do it, but then maybe fine. Cause there may be some low hanging fruit. There may be 60% of the current group. Think just now it's just tactically. How do I say it? How do I say it? Well, because you could really make some good money from them because you may be projecting onto them that they're going to get into a huff and storm out. They may not. Or you make it a contingency fee, like only pay me if it it closes or say, you know what? You want 10 grand for this. I'm going to negotiate on your behalf and get five grand. If I get more than what you wanted, let me get a cut of that. That's found money for them. Or blame it on someone else. Blame it on a partner. Blame it on someone, you know? Like, hey, I've got this business advisor and he's been pushing me. He says, (laughs) my network is my money. You know, that sort of thing.
6: Awesome. I love it. Thank you, Casey.
1: Or give it, you get paid on deals 20 grand and above, but for these old friends, 20 grand and below, you still give for free. Uh, There's all these different ways to slice it, right? So, but good, you're doing it already. So I I love it. I love it. Thank you. That's awesome. And then, hold on, the other thing that you may want to do is start becoming a thought leader, like do videos, start writing, maybe even create a website where you start writing about what it is you do, do some videos about it, like Louise is doing, like I deal with Leave All Behind, and then all of a sudden your friends may go, oh my God, like what is he, he really knows his stuff, maybe formalize it a bit. <clears throat> And you could SEO it and make it big for the whole public. Or what you could do is it could be something after the fact where you're like, hey, well, nice to meet you. Well, here's one. let me send you my website. Get to know me. There's a few short videos. There's a few articles I wrote. And they read it and they're like, oh my God, this guy knows everything. Yeah, let's go. And it's almost like other what thing you can do is you could personalize it where like these, you know, you could do video. Dub, D-U-B-B is a great way to do it. Dub.com. There's a free version and a subscription version. Adam does it all the time. And then you personalize a video. Like maybe to your friend who you you feel tough, you feel like you're, Louisa, I'm sorry, I'm talking too much. But where you feel like you're going to push buttons, maybe you send a video. Hey, friend, I know we're charging. I hadn't done it in the past, but I just want to shoot you this short video to kind of take you through the steps of where I'm going and maybe you have the hard conversation with them via video and they can kind of sit on it listen to it and then they come back to you and they go you know what you're kind of an ass and i wish you weren't charging anymore but like i watch that video and i get it
0: there's so All much right. value there so much value and one of the things that cuz i have definitely been there i think there should be a whole movement philip of somebody starting with are you a people pleaser and take people who are in your people pleasing arena and next level them and connect those people because there's it, it never fails. There's always a, everybody in here that is in that space that is like, I'm having a really hard time charging my worth. I have to say, though, like the people that I have not charged my worth for are the ones who haven't respected my work. The ones I do charge my worth for absolutely respect. When I was on bed rest during my pregnancy, there was a lady that I wasn't even allowed to stand up like let alone go do hair. And I went into the salon because somebody else had screwed up her hair and she was desperate. And I went in and sat on a chair and supervised as her hair got done. When I moved to Florida, I didn't lose any clients thinking, right? Like how? how, when I was here, I thought, how do I put them on a schedule that works for me? Well, now I come in once a month and I only had four days a month to do the same clients that I used to do in a month. Now I'm doing them in four days. Not one person left me except for that one. Except for the one I put my pregnancy at risk for to get to the salon. Yeah. And so she was the one that I didn't respect myself. So she didn't respect me either. Yeah. And everyone else was like, whatever time you need me, I will be there. And also there's people who, if they haven't been paying, what I love asking them is, could you give me a testimonial in, in trade for you haven't been paying? And I love contributing. I love making a difference. Could you please, because then they get connected to the value you offer them. And it really makes, all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, I really got value from her or him.
1: Dave, I'll I'll jump to you in a second. Dorinda, Fatima, Kevin, anyone else have questions or thoughts or comments or disagreement, pushback, anything before I jump to David's question?
7: Well, I did want to say when you brought up the charging of Costs and the funny thing is, you said relationship coach. Louisa knows where I'm going with this, actually. So, you had this conversation, and you actually said exactly what I charge and everything that it comes with it. And honestly, when you said it the way you said it, it was like, okay, I it was the aha moment. I need it to be like, yeah, I feel good, I do feel good about what I charge, and I but. I have to understand too, that I have to put that energy out to get that back. But I just wanted to say thank you because it was that aha moment. You didn't even know you were talking to me, but it was awesome. And you have no idea.
1: Oh (laughs) oh man, that just makes my day. Louisa, thank you for having me, Dorinda. Thank you for saying that, that, that makes my day. So
8: yeah. And this is Kevin. So I don't, I don't want to change what I'm doing. I'm a cybersecurity guy and, and. uh, just a a little bit of a verification for what you're saying. Yes, I have raised my prices three times in just over the past year. And still people just like, here you go. Here you go. So,
1: you know, Adam, that's so good to hear. And Adam does our, on a pre-qualification calls, people, if you go to leavelawbehind.com, you watch a video, you sign up for a for a, a phone call and he talks to him and make sure they're a fit. We, we tell a lot of people no, but one guy said to him, yeah, yeah, Adam, Adam, listen, Adam can talk a lot. Adam stops stop, up. Stop, stop. I just, how do I sign up? <laughs> and we were laughing like, Adam, shut up. Let me buy it for it from you. Right. And that'll happen. Clients will happen. So.
4: I'm just going to say that I really love everything that you've spoken about, especially I'm going to agree with Dorian dad, the, you know, when you started talking about what your worth is, and I had a, you know, these last few weeks, I really gone inward and in, like trying to understand what my issue was with my pricing. And they're really like, you know, cleared up the, you know, getting comfortable with just charging my worth, you know, and, and being comfortable with being uncomfortable, charging it. And what do you do? When you charge? Like, so I'm a branding photographer and I you know my my minis are starting at five ninety seven and I kept going down, and I used to think it was like too pricey, but now I realized I, I was just not attracting the right people That's it. and so my my it really came down to like like does I noticed the pattern of the people that do like pay are people who don't care like you know what my pricing is. I had a client go from paying three ninety nine to paying six hundred our session in the last 10 years and so that was a validation that when I valued myself they value me as well and so now it's easy to say if you're not comfortable and I've had to say no to clients that were people that would call and if it was too much it was like you know I was comfortable with saying you know we're not a fit but I can help you find someone else you know and letting go of that and just making space for the ones that do want to pay
1: so what is branding photography
4: Branding photography. I help entrepreneurs with their visual content for social media and for their website. So, yeah.
1: I I don't know what you pay, Louisa. I pay 50 bucks a quarter for Zoom. I think $54.99 or whatever it is, right? I mean, like, do you know how much money that's $54 a quarter, the $17 a month makes me? I I can't even, like, because I'm on Zoom. Like, are you kidding me? It's all Zoom. Everything's Zoom. Right. Right. So for you, Fatima, when you look at someone, is going to look at you and say, Are you kidding me? Do you know how much money those good pictures make me every month? So you're not a brand. I mean, you are literally, I mean, you're, you're, you're a hairstylist. You're giving them a whole new look. Yeah. You are literally, you literally are an identity changer. You use a camera to help companies optimize amplify their identity that's what you do and that's kind of fancy buzz talk but like you that's for you how much is that worth?
4: oh and it's interesting that you say that because I did go through that transition where I'm like you know I do create magic so yeah like why don't I you know and then people who have photographed with me are like It's stunning. I love like the way you capture me. There's just like a uniqueness to it. So I finally like it it really comes back to our own energy and how we attract and letting go of that, you know, and how we feel. Five ninety nine
1: for like a one time.
4: It's a it's a group photo. So it's like it's there many pop ups. Basically, it's just for them to really come in and get to know me and get the, the shots that they need. And then they upgrade to a membership or they go on to okay. their own photo shoot, but they're in a group with people and they get to network. And so, yeah, okay. right. it's
1: charges them monthly.
4: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm working on that right now. But it was interesting how I had to let go, you know, of what my perception was and just embrace who, you know, like really look at my work and just value who I was and letting go of all that nonsense. But and who and knows, then-
1: you charge $700 and it's crickets. And you're like, oh, God, I went too far. Okay, so you drop it. Here's, you-
4: here's the interesting thing. I couldn't book a $297 or a $399, but I've just had three people book a five, $550. That's it. More people book for the 550 than they did for the 299 And I kept thinking it was the pricing, but it wasn't. It was it was the energy around the launch and the marketing. And that was another aspect and how I felt about it. And once I was comfortable with that, then that's when things start to really take off for me.
1: Yeah, I will. I'll reach out to you, Fatima. I The headshots, I just had headshots done, which Louisa, you pulled for this. But yeah, Fatima, I'll, let's let's talk more. I don't know what I it need was, for, for my business. So absolutely. She's amazing. All she's right. my
0: photographer. I used to be like, I hate taking pictures. Right. I met Fatima and all of a sudden everyone says, oh, you're just photogenic. I'm like, well, because I found someone who knows how to take my pictures.
1: Totally. It. All right. Great. David, yeah. I want to get you before we before we go.
3: Hold oh, no. on. Yeah. Thanks, man. Well, first of all, the, something you were saying about the pricing is you know, in my firm, I can't negotiate, but other things that I do on the side, in relationships that I would always, I found myself trying to not charge or do things for free, just because I thought I would get that, you would down the road, it would turn into something more and more and more and more. And I found that it's got to stop doing that and just say, no, I'm going to charge this. And if you don't like it, fine, move. I don't care. And I've gotten much better at that. But my, 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 the question that I rose my hand for was going back to those, those four categories. And I'm going to bring us back to what you do per se, per se. And maybe this is a little bit of an unfair question to ask you, but what is, what is, anecdotally, I'm not asking for analytics or anything like that, but when you, when somebody uses you and and, and uses your service and goes to you and they move Mm -hmm. and they do transition to another area, I know that sometimes money is not important to them when they go somewhere else. It's now about lifestyle or the alignment, something is more important to them than their money. But have you found that people or a good significant who are leaving the log still are able to go to an area or do something where they're making it gather as much or more on a regular basis?
1: Yes. Okay. Equal or more. Okay. Absolutely. The ones who don't, who take a pay cut, take it because they've got savings and they can. They have a spouse who can help them. But what they see is that I'm going to start here. I'm going to get promoted in six months because I'm just a rock star. And I'm going to get go up and get salary or bonus or so on. Or I'm going to move to non-law job number two and and make them so sometimes you take one step back to get four steps ahead or you take that one step back because you know what let's just be honest you're going to a new industry it's it's you don't want a ton of anxiety you want to start small and just kind of get your feet wet okay so I'll take a little bit less money or I'll take my same salary but I mean time and time again I just, hey, Casey, I got promoted. I moved to non-law job number two, non-law job number three. I mean, I'll tell you, one guy took a bit of a pay cut, was in lower, low 100s, and now is his base. He does biz dev now is going to be 391, and he can make over a million this year. And he came from, if he does pretty well, not even through the roof well, like if he does pretty well. And this guy three years ago was, family. He wasn't, it was just business litigation in New Jersey. And now he's one of the lead salespeople for a SaaS-based tech company that's based in Europe. I mean, how did that happen, right? Well, transferable skills. He went to a consulting firm and started selling consulting services. He started meeting with people from AWS, Amazon, Microsoft, Azure, Salesforce, all these partners. And he sort of, you know, he's 40 years old. He's not a tech geek, but he knows enough. He likes to geek out on some tech and learned about the cloud, typed into Google. What is cloud? What is DevOps? What is Sec DevOps? Right. And before you know it, he's talking tech speak like like Kevin would. And and now he's making literally 10 times as much money as he did three years ago as an attorney. So
3: I had there was that was a question that I had. It was actually a question that a couple of attorneys who I knew couldn't get on here who couldn't get on tonight we're going to have so I'm actually asking for them as well.
1: Yeah. No, it's possible. So um, and then some people I've known, you know, they were making 175 as an attorney, they went down to 160 when they left, they're up to 185, not law job number 2, they're at 225. You know, there's that incremental, but they're making more money, but here's the thing. They got They're not being lawyers. <laughs> they're not being lawyers. Their weekends <laughs> are back. Their yeah. evenings are back. And per hour, this is the thing. You, there's this crazy story with lawyers, but think about also is like when it comes on a per hour basis, lawyers, when you think about the amount of hours they work, they, they, they make 70 $60, 50, $40 an hour.
3: I did, I did for a long time, the amount of hours I was working, I figured out that I was making less than my assistant at different times per so, hour. So,
1: and that may be pre-tax. Think about post-tax. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, absolutely. So any other questions or anything else I can help with?
7: You've been have, amazing. Thank you. Say thank you. I uh, I do have, a, <laughs> I have one more question. Okay. Yeah. So I am I'm like I said, I'm a relationship coach and still doing that, but I also come from a very creative background. And I have a side business to that in content creation. So in starting that and starting with doing videos for people for social media, because it is, it is a huge thing. And technically you do need that for your businesses now. And the segue, how can you do that when people know you for one thing and then going in and still sticking with that, but doing another thing.
1: How can you go from coaching people on relationships? Yeah.
7: Relationships. I mean, in my side, in the part with relationships, I started with doing online dating apps. Like I was doing online dating profiles for people and went into doing relationship coaching. Is that somewhere where I can meld them together or you keep them totally separate?
1: Into what? What's the second job?
7: The is content creation for people. So I I would be content creating for people. I will be making the videos, managing, I can manage their accounts and everything like that. So because I have been doing that too.
1: AWS, Amazon web services, you probably all heard of it. It's just storage. It's it's primarily a storage place. And so, and companies use it to store their data, to run analytics. It's grown into, I think the, the highest percentage of revenue at Amazon. I'm not sure. So what happened is Amazon was running their retail, this is back in 2005 and six, and they had all these servers. And they were busy in the lead up to, to Christmas, right? October, November, December, January was the bit. And then it just fell off because people weren't buying as much. They were buying when they're buying as much. So they've got all this debt, this empty server space. So someone said, what are we doing with all of this? Well, let's. we've got empty server space. We're not using it six months out of the year. Why don't we, instead of going to B2C and selling each of us books and CDs, why don't we go to businesses and use these servers during, well, it blew up. And businesses are like Amazon security, they know what they're talking about, trusted name. Huh, I thought they only sold books, but I'll give them a shot. And now AWS is is huge. Well, I mean, business storage and security, selling books, totally different, right? So for you, Dorinda, I would say, hey everyone, I'm the leading relationship coach, You know me as a relationship coach. And part of the relationship coach that I've done is you may, I've created a ton of content. I'm a writer, prolific writer. I'm a thought leader. I write internally. I write for, you know, for my clients. I write publicly, see all my articles, see my YouTube videos, whatever it is you're creating for your business. I have been asked by many people to take that transferable skill. Like I was telling David earlier of writing pulling at the heartstrings and whatever it is you want to go to, whether it's creative writing, whether it's emotional writing. And I've been asked, Louise asked you, Kevin asked you, I asked you, I've been asked by some people in the industry to help. They've been so impressed with my writing and they want me now to help support them on their writing. So in the same way, I'm helping people with a relationship between them and a person. Now I've been asked by people, to help them in a relationship with their customers. And the vehicle I'm going to do is copywriting. So I'm happy to announce DorindaWriting.com. And through this, I'm going to be taking on clients to help, you know, like that sort of thing. So I would see it's a transferable skills and you just sort of tell that story about it's all a relationship. In the same way AWS said, we can sell you books or we can sell you space. And they're all secure and we'll give you all the analytics.
7: Excellent. I like that. Thank you very much. I then That's great advice. I appreciate great. it. That
0: was so good. I'd love to see
7: like, who has a takeaway
0: from today? Like what, what are you going to implement after? So, I love where we get all of this like amazing. Yes, this is so great, but does everybody have something they're leaving with that they're actually going to do? Yes. Awesome. David, yes. I could see your hands up. It was a yes.
3: It was a yes.
4: Yeah. Actually right now he. Casey, you just validated something else for me like I have been on this journey for wellness and I was thinking of incorporating wellness into my current business which is photography because the biggest thing about photography is confidence, right? And the way you feel good, you the way you build up that confidence is by feeling good. And you feel good through feeling great. Right? Which is the wellness aspect of it. So I just want to say that was a huge takeaway that I feel like I'm on the right path. So thank you so much. This has been fire. I love it. I want to thank you personally,
1: you know, when you feel, when you think about it, we've got a thought, which is energy. Yeah. That then morphs into a feeling, which is a vibration in our body. And then based on that feeling, something manifests in the world, you punch a wall or you give money or you are the life of the party. Right. So the feeling that you're talking about there usually is generated and I'm using feeling and emotion synonymous. They're kind of different, but, but it comes from a thought. Oh, I feel like I look like crap. Ah, I'm so not worthy. Right. Or I feel really good and that looks great. And my website looks great. And those pictures are great. Like I can do this.
4: So true. I love it. Thank you so much, Casey.
1: All right. I'm going to go. My daughter, just to show you, is a baseball fan. So I was just texting her, I'm going to meet her and play baseball. But, you know, she we found this major leaguer, former major leaguer, who coaches her. And he charges $50 an hour. And I went and I told him, I'm like, look, man, we're paying you 100 bucks an hour now. And because he does more than teach drills. She is just I mean, everything, right? She's just loving it. She's working out. She's growing her confidence. She still has her ups and downs. And, you know, but like the guy's doing more. I mean, I'll pay, I should pay him $1,000 an hour with how he's helping her. Right. So, like, that's an example where I raised his rates because I saw the value in it. And, you know, you said other people were coming back and, and doing that. And so just think of it, just think of it from, from that. End. Thank you Thank so you. much,
0: Casey. How does Go everyone on. get a hold of you? Like, how do they find you? Uh, I, I will yeah. put it in your.
1: Go ahead. Yeah. Leave law behind. Casey, C A S E Y, at leavelawbehind.com, or find me on LinkedIn or Louisa. But yeah, come check it out. You can check out my site, which, you know, it's not perfect, but we've got a lot of content there. We wrote a lot of articles. We have videos. You can kind of see the content we've created. And hopefully that's an inspiration. Also, my LinkedIn, I had a LinkedIn coach help me kind of tell a story from the about me to connecting all of the experiences. If that helps, check it out. Contact me anytime. Awesome. You awesome. Day,
0: Thank you. Have the most beautiful rest of the day. You guys, oh, if you great. want to stay on talking. another few minutes. I, I love like... talking
1: about it. Thanks for having me, Louise. I'm honored You're to be not. part of
0: this. All right. I would love to stay on another 15 minutes because I would actually want to like get takeaways to what we're implementing from what we just got today.
5: All right. Well, I'm going to go to the bathroom and I'll be
0: right back. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> that's my story, right? Louisa? Always. And, and she's like, and I'm sticking to it.
4: Love, I'm going to get, do you want me to just share? Because I got to get going. Yes. Um, So I'm just, again, I just, there was a lot of validation that I'm on the right track with the way I'm implementing the value, adding more value to my photo shoots. The biggest takeaway was for me was the, you know, again, validation about like trusting your worth, trusting what you're going to charge and trusting that the right people are going to show up. And so I'm super excited about that. Because again, after getting out of my own way, you know, I, I was just not like how many people are booking this speech from session versus, you know, that's more expensive, but so much more value to it. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Anyway, I, I'm implementing just getting out of my own way.
3: If he hires you, I learn from him. I want to cut. Okay. We're friends, <laughs> but I still need to get that cut. And I will kick a little bit back to, to Louisa, because she put yeah. this all together. I'm not stupid, but we, I definitely, I'm learning, and this okay. is the price of learning. Yeah.
4: Okay. All right. So I will be sure to make sure it's worth it for all of us. Thank
0: you. <laughs> I love this.
4: Perfect. Have a good night, Thank
5: everyone. You. Bye.
4: Good, night. good night, Fatima. Good night. Good to see you.
0: I love this. Philip, I loved your question because I feel like a lot of people are stuck in the, that, because that's you know, you're just like, how do you label a connector being a job? Yeah you know you're like, "What do you mean, so I know you and I know you in here, right?" And so there but there's so much value because the two people you're connecting are really just the right fit for each other. and there's like a job there that hasn't been discovered yet with like label
2: so. And-
6: the label of it that I was told to change all my image to was a, as an agent.
8: Hmm.
6: Like, you need to start advertising yourself as an agent because an agent can, you know, layer as many, many different things. And yeah, that that's kind of the way that's been going. But I really like the way that he was saying, you know, like just kind of wherever your bounds are now. Holy shit, it's getting dark where I live. Yeah. Wherever the boundaries are where you are now just follow with that and then add on to the next ones, which is exactly what I've been doing.
0: Yeah, no, that's brilliant. And the minute that we start charging our worth, all of a sudden, we like I was telling Corinne today that I had a client, I gave her the most ridiculous price on something that she had asked me to do. And then she went to someone else to get it done. And they totally screwed it up. And then she came back to me and I was able to be the shining star. And all of a sudden she posts this picture on Facebook. It's like, I am here posting my heart and soul. And I had 80 likes. She posts a hair color and there was 600 likes. And I was like, I love humans.
5: (laughs) I actually had one of my guy clients before I raised my prices at $10. I gave him the price. He's like, that's it. You should be charging 60. I was like, all right, I'll start charging you right now already. So, you know, as I've raised my prices, I've felt better about myself because now I really take the time with them. And I find that a lot of times people who really want the deals are the people who really aren't great clients. They, right. they like drain you of your energy.
0: Mm-hmm. David, what did we learn this weekend about the two C's?
3: Oh, yeah, the two C's. Pretty much in any system that you create, but everything that you look to do and how you're doing your business and every decision you make is what, whatever you're thinking about, whatever you're choosing, whatever from whatever thing that is implemented, being implemented, is it contributing or is that person contributing, that mindset contributing, whatever it is, or is it contaminating? And if it's contributing, great. If it's contaminating what your vision is, what your alignment should be, or where you're going, you cut it up. You take
0: it out. I thought that was so good because they were talking about how it's all about like time, you know, and mm-hmm. you can make more money, but you can't get back time. Right. And as people make decisions, as I make my decision, I'm like, do I really want to do this? And what I really love how simple he made it was like, is it going to contribute to you or is it going to contaminate? It, it like I I love stupid proof. You know, mm-hmm. if something could become stupid proof, I'm like all over it. So I, thank you for anyone who makes anything that easy.
3: No, that was big. By the way, we need those notes should go to everybody. I mean, we can make a set for these people here and that would give them some clarity.
0: So, yes, we're charging. For we're that, charging
3: basically. for that though. That's fine. That's all good.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I, I thought it was so valuable. And what he was saying is how many times have you Do you look at somebody in your life and you're like, oh, my God, you could do anything in the world and you see someone's value and you raise them up because you believe in them. But then you go and stand in the mirror and you're like, not seeing that in yourself. You like see it for everybody. You're like, oh, my God, you're totally going to make it. You're going to be so great. I so know you're so fantastic. And then you go stand in the mirror and somehow it's not the same thing looking back at you with the same belief. And so, you know, I love collecting evidence. I love looking at how many people say to me, they do not worry about me. They know I'm going to make it. And so when I stand in the mirror, I'm like, it doesn't matter how I feel or what I think or all the stuff that I've told myself. I'm going to collect the evidence to how many people believe in me and see value in me and see what I can do. And I'm just going to keep doing things that are in front of me because somebody else believes in me. I don't particularly, I didn't start any of this because I believed in me. I truly didn't. I mean, I was like devastated touching a microphone. And the minute I shared, somebody was like, wow, I really like what you said. Say it again. You should say it to more people. You should really blah, blah, blah. And I was like, just picking up breadcrumbs with enough people saying nice things at at this point because I was starting to participate. And so it's just... We don't start off being superstars from, because we are, it's just being willing to try. And imagine, you know, like during COVID in in March 2020, where I didn't even know how to use a Zoom link at all, because I couldn't, I could hardly send an email. I decided to start hosting meditations in the morning And every morning it'd be a group like this. And we would all just kind of hang out and chat. And like, how much fun was that? And it came from nothing. It came from one person saying that like, you know what you should do, Louisa. And oh, and Miss Nikki, Miss beautiful queen. I love that. I just saw her face. She was on it with us every morning. So I'm going to let you say this. What was it like? And we met online and she was off of an Instagram. Hi, Nikki. Hello. Actually, I always
9: I love this story because it wasn't even off of an Instagram. It was like me and Daniel were in this program and this program didn't even originate here. It was like out in the like in California. And I'm like, what are the chances I meet Daniel? He's like my next door neighbor or something. (laughs) Literally Fort Lauderdale. I'm here in Miramar. And I was like, Do you know meditation? Like, or and he introduced me to you. But in those two months, I think it really changed my life and we we talked last week and we still talk about it he was like this reminds me of Louisa's meditation but it was the most I would say like you were really inspiring and in a way that was so open so loving so nurturing it was a space where there was no judgment for anything that we're going through but more empowerment and the space that you hold now, it's on a different level. But it's still that same, Louisa, that that your heart is so connected to helping other people, to bringing them up. Thank
0: you. So Nikki, in, in this time, had a baby too, who's now walking. Oh. So it, how do you go from, hi, I'm just having fun, to like, I'm pregnant. And I, my baby is now walking. It's, you know, like being a hairdresser for as many years as we have been doing someone's hair for their prom, their graduation, then their wedding. And now that you're doing their kids hair. So all of this, this beautiful experience that I was the girl who like would never raise my hand or participate in sports because I was like, oh, my God, there's a ball like it might hit me. Like I'd be like, oh my God, it's coming at me. So never participated in anything to go from never, let let alone being like, hi, can I put this together and y'all y'all are going to participate with me. So I love that how powerful when we really look in the mirror and realize like we're doing this, you know, we get this stuff here and we get energized and, We get clear, and then all of a sudden we're out in the world making a difference and inspiring others. Because the minute we all take that on, someone else is seeing you doing it, going, Oh my gosh, she wasn't doing it. Now she's doing it. He wasn't doing it. And now he's doing it. It's 1 million percent possible. Let's go do it. (laughs) Hi, Kevin. What are your action items? What are you going away with today?
8: Well, there was a lot of validation of things I'm working on. Some of the things that you know change my uh, profile a little bit make it more more facing and it's more about the customer rather than it's about me so uh, a conversion of that so that was some of the things he was he was mentioning there towards the end so i'm also looking to add some of the video aspects into my LinkedIn. So I'm trying to expand a little bit of the video and the podcasting as well. So,
3: yeah. So it was, it was good to hear some of that validation. So, Luis and I learned a lot about you versus I this past weekend too in yep. marketing and presentation.
0: Yeah, Did you hear my destiny script had changed from yep, who it was to I get to help you?
3: Mm-hmm. It's all about you. Did a great job,
0: thank you. Yeah, I, you know, we it's so great that we are always leaving with a, a nugget to go do something with.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Love you all, thank you so much for. Oh, wait, Nikki, yes, hold on, no one's going anywhere. I gotta hear Nikki. <laughs>
9: I totally. Wanted to add, you know, thank you for this because it was, it was validating in terms of using your skills in different areas. Because I have been so stuck on one track. So when he said, you know, you can just repurpose your skills in other aspects or
0: other areas. I'm like, you're right. I could. Don't you feel like some of the most basic things are the one you're like, how did I not know this? David, I'm going to put you on the spot for this, but I, yesterday, and I'm I'm saying this, this in the most loving way human oh, I, possible. I
3: don't know I, about that.
0: I called him no. Rain Man.
3: He called me what?
0: Rain Man. Because he's so <laughs> fucking smart. He is. He's so, so insanely smart. And he knows everything about everything. He's so easy to connect with. He's just this like walking encyclopedia of brilliance. And him and Kevin both like, I love being surrounded
3: by hey, brilliance. Hey, David. Could, yeah. Can you answer this question for me? Did Qantas ever crash? Qantas never, had, never had a crash. Never, never, never had a crash. <laughs> Kmart sucks. Kmart, Kmart, Kmart sucks. Kmart sucks. sucks. Of course, I'm an excellent driver. I'm an excellent driver. Of course, I'm 86, 86, 86. That's never had a crash. No. People's court.
0: I, you know what? I just love. I just love the brilliance. I love the brain. I love the brilliance. And you know, we we we're just walking around going. How do i do this how do i do that like hello have you looked in the mirror you're fucking brilliant like hello
3: well don't, Hi, don't and i think kevin can uh, you know will agree to this don't confuse massive amount of knowledge little knowing a lot about a little bit about a lot of things okay no, but
0: you know a lot about a lot of things you're a very smart man
3: okay thank you And you're, yeah yes and you're absolutely right and yeah. and and, and so are you Thank and you. Uh, you know what you know how i know how you know how i know you're that smart because you recognized how smart i am that's how i know how smart you are so there you go. yes look at kevin look at kevin corinne's freaking out but look at kevin he's just- it,
0: that's but here's the thing it's like david looks I had a at little me.
3: puke i had to swallow sorry,
8: sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah but david looks not at me, just he's like oh my god <laughs> he, he looks at me and he's like there's no question that you're going to make it and i'm like I, I look at other people and I look at all of you and I'm like, there's no question that all of us are going to make it right. Like, because all it is, is the community we build, the love we build, the way we support each other, the brilliance we see in each other, the contribution we make every time we open our mouth and participate and contribute. And it's like, how could you not succeed with this, with like showing up with your heart all the time? Brian, yeah. your hand up. I want to want to hear from Brian. Oh, where's my daughter?
2: Yeah. Yeah, for me, I'm not in the coaching business or any sort of business where I would be charging people, but I do go away from this with having reflected and realizing just how, well, I've realized it in the past, but just like an added reaffirmation about my day job that I've been at for over 13 years, which is a very supportive environment. What do
0: you do? Is it okay to ask?
2: Yeah. I work for a nonprofit occupational training center agency for neurodivergent adults. I'm a production assistant for them. It is not TV production manufacturing production and I got job coaching from them a long, long time ago. It was something I needed and I, I personally am also neurodivergent. I have autism and it, it turned out to be a better option than going for the post office for me. So
0: that's
2: uh, that, that is what I do for a day job
0: so cool so cool i love when i love when you show up i love that you participate you're exactly what i'm talking about how you know there's no excuses not to ever like yeah we all matter every single time we show up
2: yeah Uh, and uh, outside of that the uh, only other income that i get besides social security is that uh, although I haven't actually earned the money yet, but I'm part of a Reels bonus program with Facebook where I can earn based on how my videos perform. And so I I just look to be consistent with it. That's, that's all it is. And uh, I I'm not focused on the number of people that are following me. I just focus on delivering and continuing to build relationships with people love that
0: thank you i love you all and i appreciate you all and thank you so much for being here